Welcome to another edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Miller, here in Chicago. Joining me, as always, Tom Robinson across the pond. Tom, we are both quite cold. Uh, you were in Argentina for a little bit. I know you enjoyed that. How are you hanging in there? Yeah, I'm uh, just about surviving. It's been a tough few days getting back into the routine, straight back into work. So, yeah, uh, I'm at least glad that we can we can sort of delve into something that feel, makes me feel nice and warm inside, and that is the continual supply of South American Wonder Kids. That's true. That's true. Wonder Kid is probably a term too strong for the player we're going to profile today. It's probably a term too strong for a lot of the players that we profile. But we've got an intriguing one for you today. We've got 20-year-old defender Eder Militão at Sao Paulo. He just turned 20 a few days ago. This will be his second year as, as kind of a full first-team player at Sao Paulo. I say defender rather than, you know, center back or fullback, Tom, because I think that probably describes best what he is. He's a, he's a versatile defender for his age, fairly physical, did well at Sao Paulo last year, was pretty important for them down the stretch in, in keeping them up and, and what was just a disastrous 2017 year for them. Part of a, a big contingent of young players that have come through that club recently. Tom, what have you made of Eder Militown as, as we kind of dive right in here? And, and what stands out to you when you watch him play? Well, as you said, it's it's still very early days when we're looking at his career. You know, 22 appearances for Sao Paulo, a couple of goals, which is always nice to see from, from a defender. And I, I feel like we're kind of getting quite an early look at him here. Uh, I don't think there's been too much written about him or, you know, there's been a few rumors of interest from European clubs but it's still still pretty early to say but I think that there's the kind of raw materials for for quite a promising and versatile defender as, as you said he's he's played center back I think most of the games he played or certainly the ones that I saw he was he was more as a right back and he's even been tried out in central midfield in kind of defensive holding role so that's certainly good and speaks a lot of his versatility in his technique and well also just his his intelligence to be able to to play those kind of very different roles and I think you know sometimes we talk about how that can kind of hold players back in their development but I think in in these early days it's going to be a good thing that should uh, hold him in good stead he's he's also played under 17 level for Brazil he's been part of some quite successful youth squads for Sao Paulo I think they he was part of the side that won the under 20 Copa de Brazil and even though the club has been a shambles it seems like they've, they're still producing quite a lot of young talent and along with another player we've done on the spotlight pods Rodrigo Cal they've kind of been the shining lights of an otherwise pretty poor team and defense what are the kind of areas that you most like about Militao? Yeah, I, one thing that is really interesting to me is is you and I have been doing these pods for, for nearly a year now. And, and something that just kind of always sticks out when we talk about these young players is no two players coming up anywhere in South America are really the same. You know, there are similarities sometimes and there are comparisons that are that are fair to be made. But, you know, you and I just recorded a pod on Gustavo Scarpa, who as a 24-year-old, we're pretty sure is the player that he's going to be. Edder Militown, I think, is the complete opposite side of that spectrum. You said it in what you said there. He's a player who's raw, but the materials of a good player are there. And it's up to either him as a player, Sao Paulo as a club, or his next club to bring that good player out. Because it is there. It's not there right now, present in how he plays. 
but the materials and the abilities and you know what it takes to be a good high level defender is certainly all there and i think that's that's a fair point to make here is that you know so often i think especially when from looking on the outside we get these stereotypes and and they're stereotypes for a reason because they are generally true and so you hear okay he's a young 20 year old player who has played primarily as a right back at sao paulo when you hear that, Tom, a certain image pops into your mind and you project, this is the type of player I think he is. All right, a young Brazilian right back, that probably means he makes a lot of overlapping runs. He bombs forward. He can make good crosses. He's a dangerous attacker. Maybe has some liabilities defensively, but he really contributes from that position. That's not who Edder Militown is as a player. I think he's more of a center back playing right back. He's not useless offensively. He's dangerous in the box because of his size and his physicality. But he's not the player who's going to bomb forward and, and send in those crosses at a high rate during a match. He's not going to be consistently overlapping with his midfield partner in front of him. He's a strong, sturdy defender at right back who can take opposing wingers one-on-one, -on -one, who can body up to them physically, and who can be a big asset defending in the box. And I think that's why it's so important, Tom, to watch these players individually and watch what they can actually do rather than just kind of settling into this, oh, he's a Brazilian young right back, this is what he does. And Edder Billy Town kind of breaks the mold in that because of that versatility, like you said, because he can play all those positions. Exactly. And I think I think it's been quite useful having him as a, a right back for Sao Paulo. He's been, we've been under the cosh a lot. He's, as you said, I think he's about six foot one. So he's good in the air. He's, he's a threat from set pieces going forward, but also defending those far post crosses that, that get swung in. He, he can hold his own in the air. Even though he's physical, he's not like hugely muscular yet, which probably is partly due to his young age, but he can hold his own. He's he's kind of more of a not quite gangling, but he's he's a, he's a bit more athletic in in his physique. So there's room for him to to bulk up and and sort of grow into that centre back role that I think we're both in agreement that that's where he'll probably end up long term. Uh, but you know he's he's also got good technique. He's comfortable on the ball. He's composed. I even saw a little video of him in in training uh, doing a little kind of blanco bounce over over Christian Quaver so he's got some skills as well he's he's relatively quick certainly not one of these fullbacks that bomb forward like you said and he's just yeah seems to have good positioning reading of the game which allows you know allows him to get these blocks interceptions and he doesn't throw himself on the ground making last ditch tackles so yeah there's a nice composure there um and certainly one of the surprise revelations of, of the last season especially given the state uh, that Sao Paulo are in. So I, th I think there's there's a lot of good aspects, maybe not one defining quality that you can really point to, maybe other than the versatility, but he's, he's an all-round good defender and maybe it's too early to say just, just how well he'll do, but the fact that the likes of Juve and uh, Inter Milan are interested would uh, suggest that big clubs in Europe are, are already taking notice and and seeing a relatively blank canvas that they can work on and, and improve. Yeah, and you mentioned how he played at right back, but, but you and I maybe see him fitting more at center back. I think him playing at right back was more out of necessity than anything for Sao Paulo. They have two pretty good central defenders already in Rodrigo Caio 
uh, as you said, a player that we've profiled on these spotlight pods. And then the 26-year-old Ecuadorian, Rob uh, Arboleda, who is a player that I've been really impressed with at Sao Paulo. And so there wasn't really room for Militao to kind of fit in that area. And so they, they shifted him out right, and he was fairly successful. I would even go a step further from saying that he probably projects as a center back, Tom, to saying that I think it, it's probably fair to say that his best position might be in, in one of these modern back threes as one of the, the three at the back, but one of the, you know, maybe the right center back in that pairing. Uh, his ball playing ability kind of suggests that to me. We're seeing a lot of teams go to that formation now. Do you think he'd be able to, to fit in that type of formation with, with the skills and the ability that you've seen from him so far? 100%. I think he's he's got that mobility and reading of the game that allows him to operate in wide positions and he's he's not scared of using the ball and bringing it out of defense so I, I think that would be a good system for him not one that I've I've seen him play yet so there's always a debate there but yeah for me he's he's definitely kind of got those all-round abilities to be comfortable either in the center of the park or out wide and for someone you know with a, a surname like Militao he's He's certainly been disciplined and and brave and been marshaling the defense oh, well. On. That was that was <laughs> even poor. That was one of your worst. Yeah, that was forced, Tom. That was forced. That, that was, and uh, <laughs> I don't apologize for it at all. But you know, on the discipline front, I think he's only picked up one yellow card. So yeah, and got sent is, off um, once as well. What? Yeah, one red card, one yellow card. Which by Brazilian season, standards is pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he's he's probably had a lot of work to do as well in that in that defensive line. So yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's very promising and he's, he's been listed on a number of kind of young players to watch in 2018. I know in, in bed with Maradona, he, he featured on their excellent list. So I think um, it could be a very big, big year for him. Cause I, I wager that a lot of people probably haven't heard of him yet. And he, he could well kind of step up along with a lot of the other good youth talents that are at Sao Paulo. And uh, and sort of do similar sort of things as as David Daenerys has done at um, Ajax. Obviously, a completely different player, but another product of their youth system. And yeah, I'm I'm it's it's, it's a bit of a gamble, but I think um, this time next year we'll look back and be be pretty glad that we've uh, we've had a look at him already. Where do you think his future lies? And and is he likely to stick around at Sao Paulo? Do you think? Yeah. So this is this is where it kind of gets interesting. You mentioned all of the young talent that have come through Sao Paulo recently. You know, David Gineris, uh Luis Araujo, who, who went over to France. There's plenty of young players at Sao Paulo right now who are who are good talents. Shilom is is 20. Brenner is a is a young attacker who's 18, who's gotten some some time in their first choice squad. Uh, Marquinhos Cipriano, another 18 year old. Uh, Jonas Toro, who's yet to feature for their first team, but has been absolutely tearing it up at the prestigious Copa São Paulo, the Copinha, the youth competition in Brazil. There's a lot of really good young players who have come through São Paulo, but they haven't been able to translate that in, into much on pitch success. I'm not going to pretend like I know why that is, but it's been interesting to see for sure that over the past few years, the only success they've had is is a run to the Copa Libertadores semifinal in 2016 and a run that I think most people were surprised by and didn't necessarily buy into. Last year was disastrous. Uh, Rogerio Senni was appointed manager and then given more time than, than anybody probably would have been given. 
uh, Dorival Jr. came in and they flirted with relegation until they kind of kicked on in November and ended up being pretty safe by the end. They weren't in a, in a really big relegation battle down the stretch. They finished fairly well. They went on a, a stretch the end of October, start of November, where they, you know, they won four out of five matches that kind of did it for Sao Paulo. Uh, but they've started 2018 disastrously by, you know, two matches in the Pauli Stone standards. But it's just this consistent element of pressure around this club. And you've got fans consistently protesting and demanding more. It's not a great club to be around at the moment. And you add on to the fact as we, we swing this back around to where Ether Militown is, you add on to that that his contract expires at the start of 2019 in January of 2019. It's not terribly out of the question to see him gone from Sao Paulo in, in six months, uh, especially if they can't come to an agreement because then Sao Paulo are looking at, all right, we can either have six months of him or we can try to sell him this European summer and, and make something off of him. And that's where I think things are going to get really interesting. Uh, you mentioned Juventus and Inter Milan have been kind of poking around. Uh, he's nowhere near ready to slot into anywhere close to the first team for those clubs. Any sort of move would then be a- accompanied by a loan out to somewhere smaller in Europe. But Tom, we're both in agreement that he's not the finished product yet. And he's probably still a couple moves away from, from where he'll be. But this is the type of player who, as we've said, there's a player there and at only 20, I think he's a pretty good gamble to take if you're one of these bigger clubs. You know, See if you can loan him out to, to develop him a little bit somewhere else and then see what you have. And you know, it's probably not going to take a big fee to bring him from Sao Paulo. And I think that's where this gets really interesting. He's not the type of player, Tom, that is going to be, you know, 10, 12 million euros to bring him. It, it's probably only going to be a, a couple million euros, if anything, to take him, unless he signs a new deal with maybe a bigger release clause down the line. But I think this is a pretty good gamble for a big European club to take. Yeah, it would be a, a bit of a long-term project. And as you said, probably not someone who's going to go straight into your first team, but one that in a couple of years should be certainly a squad player at the very least. I know that generally the sort of reports coming out of Italy, they they kind of think that 10 million is about the fee, which I think all depends on on the contract. At the moment, it expires next year. So with only a year left on his contract, I think that you could probably get him for about half that. I think 2 million would be a bit low, if I'm honest. But again, if he signs that extension and, and they're currently in talks to try and time up to a long deal even though they probably know that he won't be there for the for more than a year or so but they're trying to get him and Marquinhos Cipriani down to longer deals with bigger buyout clauses then I think it might take something like 10 million especially if he carries on the same form he's shown last season so it's, it's going to be interesting I think if I, if I was a European club I would be trying to get word to him somehow that you know hold out and and we'll snap you up and, and and you know give you a bigger signing on fee or something like that and you could definitely see him popping up at a, a sort of a top club in a in a maybe a second tier european division somewhere like basel or a dutch club maybe a portuguese club again i don't know if he'd necessarily go into the starting lineup in, in the same way that someone like davidson sanchez did but i think he could definitely be in that first team squad and maybe then once he's proven his worth in in Europe could then make a bigger move to one of the top clubs I think he does have that potential it's it, it, as we said earlier it's early days and and there are still 
aspects of his game, but he's he's kind of got all the all the characteristics that you you look for in a modern centre back, um, especially uh, one that can also fill in at right back and and also in in defensive midfield. So it, it's going to be very exciting, and I think uh, by the end of, by the end of the year, he's going to be a name that's on on the lips of a, a lot more people. Uh, Tom, a, a quick question about something that we maybe don't discuss as as much on this pod, and that's kind of mentality. How do you think being around Sao Paulo in, in the current state that they're in, in, in the state that they were in last year, and the way that they've started 2018, and just kind of the, the cauldron of, of pressure that is Sao Paulo Futebol Clube right now, how do you think that will affect him as a player? Is that going to be positive? Is that going to be negative? Is, is it tough to say? You know, it's always tough to kind of try to look in the mind of, of someone else. But what, what would you make of, of that type of situation? Well, I, th- I think it's more about how the, the player deals with it than maybe the situation itself. Certainly playing for one of the biggest clubs uh, in the country with a lot of pressure and, as we've talked about, a terrible current situation for them has mean that he's had to step up and, and be accounted for and, and to be one of the better players in the squad in his debut season certainly shows a lot of personality. And if you talk to people in Brazil, a lot of people do highlight his, his mentality and is certainly very professional and, and one that doesn't seem phased by this this situation. Uh, certainly the way he plays, he seems very comfortable and composed. I've, you know, I've seen him do little flicks over players' heads and and he certainly doesn't look like someone who's in his first season as as a senior professional. So I think from what I've seen so far, he's, he seems like he's got a cool head on, on those young shoulders and hopefully you'd, you'd think that he can take those experiences of playing in a, in a difficult situation, not someone who's necessarily been part of a title-winning squad and who's, who's used to constant success and not having to do much defending I think as, as a young defender those those experiences and playing pretty regularly are, are, are going to benefit him so yeah the, I, th- I think the signs are, are all there really for a promising player I think I would definitely agree with you on that he's one that we'll for sure be keeping our eye on uh, and as you said the type of player that that maybe we're getting in a little bit earlier before he's really proven himself fully but one that has certainly drawn attention and I think you're right in saying uh, that he will continue to draw attention as this year goes on Uh, anything else you want to add here before we wrap it up no not too much I mean I could throw in a few extra kind of military puns yeah I think um, I think I think we're good I think I think we've gotten all those for the pod I think we've covered our our bases there (laughs) covered your bases very nice thank you you're getting in on the act as well (laughs) you know I do what I can sometimes. Uh, well, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight Podcast. Uh, be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, as well as follow Tom and I for all of the latest from us, from the South American Football Show, from the Copa Libertadores pod, which will be returning soon as well. And, of course, from everybody at the World Football Index. Thanks for listening, and have a good one.